Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani, and I wanted to let you know that each and every week I'm part of a great program called the Ringer MMA Show. I host it alongside two absolutely brilliant minds. Their names, Chuck Mendenhall and Pete Carroll. And every Thursday, a new episode drops where we preview the weekend in mixed martial arts and react to all the biggest news. Plus, after every UFC pay-per-view, we give you a post-fight show. So this is what you have to do. Just follow the Ringer MMA show on your Spotify app so you don't miss an episode. We'll talk to you then. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast. There's something going on. Friday edition of Cheap Heat. Going to have a big guest here very shortly. My guess is you've already read the description and know who that is, but let's pretend you're one of those people who just lets it play and doesn't know. So we'll just let that play out for you. Uh, plus, I believe Dipperstein will be joining us shortly, but right now, coming from Philadelphia, we have the physically strong Stack Eye Greg. Well, while we're waiting for the guests, listeners, let me talk to you. There you go. <laughs> it's going to be a special Friday something. Uh, SGG is so into WWE that he likes to spoil uh, people coming in just like they do. It's You have to pre-promote it. I just, I just want to talk to the people. Just, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm very excited to have him on. I am coming to you live from the childhood bedroom in Maryland as we speak. I thought so. I thought the background looked a little different. Oh, it's a little different. All right. It is a little different. This is definitely the childhood bedroom. Uh, you know, there was once a Killer Bees poster on this wall. I think the Killer Bees poster was on this door right here. The Killer um, Bees were awesome, too. People don't, people don't remember just how much fun they were in the 80s, that style. Because we get it every week now. We get it almost all the time. Well, high-flying, you mean? Yeah. Fast-paced, high-flying, like, you know, they almost a blur in the ring. Oh, no. The Killer Bees were way, way ahead of their time. Way, way ahead of their time. Mm -hmm. um, never had a championship run and probably don't end up getting thrown around in conversations that much because of that when really they're the best. Yeah, um, they become a punchline, but they were really, they were really not, not, not a bad team. No, no, no. Not at all. Um, 
Hold on. I'm going to text Dipperstein because I think our guest is a little bit behind. So I'm going to text Dipperstein. Yo, can you jump on now? Um, there was a miscue with our guest. So while we're waiting for him and uh, get to some mailbag here. Before we do that, though, I am curious. So you're in the childhood bedroom, which let's be honest, it's not it's not that different from the adult bedroom, right? You see a bunch of records behind you. Well, I don't have records in my current bedroom. How dare you? You have music stuff. No, not in my bedroom. Well, the, the studio, the studio. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, the, yeah, that, yeah. that guest bedroom. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, that yeah. different music stuff. Sure. No, no, no. So hold on. I want to see something. Just reach behind you. Just mm-hmm. pull something. I don't want to see what's in the childhood bedroom Rosenberg record collection. What what didn't make it up north? What oh, didn't make no, it to oh, the New York office? I mean, th- this is like my alphabetical, like real, you know, 12-inch hip-hop collection. So depending what letters so, back here. Yeah, just just don't don't even look. Just grab so just grab something. Let's see what's back there. I, well, I grabbed E. So you can guess. Uh Marshall Mathers, Marshall oh, Mathers LP. Wow. Um Slim Shady LP. Mm. Um Eminem role model single. Yeah, I didn't know what the all black one was. I was like, okay, what's that one that he grabbed? But yeah, no, these are uh, this is to... this is very alphabetical. Um, now is it alphabetized by first name or last name? Like, I'm wondering if re- if the real late was there, would it be under Rosenberg or would it be under under uh, E for Peter Elliot Rosenberg? Or would it be would it be under P? And whether if you're a Peter Pete guy, you know, you can decide what that stands for, but. Um, that's a great point. And by the way, it's inconsistent. So there are some people that it's like (laughs) the first letter, some it's the last letter. Sometimes it's the, the, that you can't, this is, this was poorly done, but it does generally follow an order and you'll be able to find stuff. Um, but my records are really, it's upsetting to think about my record collection because you have these that are in order, but then my closet just has a lot of stuff in it. You know, I have stuff on the floor. Uh, It's a lot of stuff. And then I have two storage units with a ton of uh, records. So it's, it's, that's mage though. What's the upsetting part that it's not probably displayed that it's all over the place. I just don't like that. I don't like that. I have two different storages, uh, then stuff in the, the summer estate and then stuff here. It's just not, that's not what I, that wasn't what the plan was supposed to be. The plan was the whole master collection all together, stacked perfectly in cubes, with a ladder that slides, like that's what I want. I don't want this. This is nonsense. You know, you need to talk to you. Hmm. You need to talk to Ben Brown. He's okay. doing a great job as a WWE archivist. See if he, I mean, he, listen. I love so he ben. wants to do something on the side and see. If I he, love Ben Brown, and he does a tremendous job archiving an obscene amount of stuff. I, I, I've spent a lot of time in the warehouse. I don't know if that's the direction I'd like to go. <laughs> Where, like, you turn a corner. And you look under a blanket and there's like an iconic piece of historic. I don't that's the 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 there are certain things there that are really perfectly organized. He knows where everything is, but I wouldn't say it's not like a. I would want to go to like there are DJs who I follow online who I see what they have. And I'm like, OK, they did it right. Clark Kent, um, you know, uh, Spinna. There are a lot of DJs who really do a fantastic Kenny Dope. They do mm-hmm. crazy shelving and they pay people to do crazy shelving. That's what you really have to do. You have to pay. You have to be willing to pay someone who builds shelves 
and they make them specifically for you and they come build it into your house. That's and you drop, you know, twenty thousand dollars on shelves. That's that's what the that's the way to do it. Yeah, don't drop that. <laughs> I'm gonna have one day, one day when I have the the proper estate, I want to get it all done with the DJ booth in the middle and the records everywhere. Shelf forty five shelves that hold the forty fives. You got to do it. But listen, as Yogi Berra said, you know it's getting late early. I'm, I'm forty three years old, so I don't know when this is happening. <laughs> it's late. So this is starting to depress me. Uh, it is getting late early too. The first day of summer uh, happened. The longest day of the year was a couple of days ago. So that's right. The days are gonna be getting shorter. Um. Yeah. As we. As we head into this big summer, uh, let's see, one week away now from Money in the Bank. Mail. Two weeks away from the big wedding day, and David writes us, Hey, sweet Pete, no fear of the wedding day. Nothing can be worse than mine. I had arrived in Barcelona a month before the wedding. All the plans had been laid out. A church with no electricity built in 999 near Montserrat and a and set with an acoustical musical background, just my immediate family from Canada and about 60 from the Catalan side. Trilingual wedding, English, French, and Catalan. So so far, all good. The morning of the wedding day, I had maybe one too many coffees. And right in the middle of the vows, this boy from Montreal started turning green and made a mad sprint out of the church in order to not make a major mess inside. Immediately surrounded by four doctors, my future wife, um, who I had picked up hitchhiking September 20th, 1981, on the Trans-Canada Highway. She was with her boyfriend. What? The doctor, who is a doctor, and three of her uncles and cousins. After about an hour delay, things resumed. The knot was tied. The reception for me was very limited food and just one toast with the best kava. But 40 years on, still in love and going strong. No worries. All will be beautiful for you. Wow. <laughs> Trilingual wedding sounds, it sounds like a lot. Shouts to, shouts to David. That's what you took from that story? Was the, the languages? The, all of it. Like he said, it was all good before he even got to where it got bad. I mean. But it was, it was, it was sounding like it was a little going to be going off the rails. Regardless, I mean, when you're sprinting, when you have to sprint to go to a toilet and delay the wedding by an hour. Yeah, I'd, I'd classify that as a rough. Also built in 999. I guess they didn't have toilets in. they never thought to update the church with toilets inside. Listen, you're getting very specific here. Um, but that is a wild story. Shouts to David, man. Appreciate your story. Mail. Michael writes us. Hey, Majesty. Is this guy talking about CM Punk? Because his subject here is CM Bum. Is this guy worth a tenth of the publicity he gets now? He can talk a little, but he's not even average in the ring anymore. Chicago loves him, and wrestling podcast hosts love him. But representing the common fan, my take now, eh. I like it more when he isn't around and the ringer doesn't talk about him. He's like Kyrie, living off a name from five plus years ago. Everything he does makes noise but it feels more shoved down the listener's throat versus actually wanted thoughts. Stay mage. Um, some people absolutely agree with you and some people will vehemently disagree. Um, you know, I, the thing, I, I hear you. Yeah. That's the thing about wrestling though, right? Like 
he absolutely does generate the publicity because wrestling fans are always clamoring for something, right? They get that something in the ring. Sometimes they get that something from the backstage. Sometimes they get it from a promo, but wrestling fans always want something. But I don't know if for a company, he's the juice is worth the squeeze because when that bell rings and it's time to, to put up or shut up, he, he doesn't have much. He doesn't have much to give the people. Uh, I, I, it, yeah, it bums me out. I actually noticed that the other day on during Dynamite when they did the like schmoz to set him up for the six man, he, uh, he, he labor. He's a little labored in the ring. It's, it's not. It's he, listen. He's older. He's this guy's in his mid forties. Um, and he's been inconsistent with his work over the last ten years, to say the least. So, listen, I, I disagree with the fact that no, like I, I think most people care. I mean, listen, most people rant. If you're a hardcore wrestling fan, even if you haven't been watching AEW, you probably ran for your remote on Saturday night to see what he was going to say. He does still generate that. But I understand the argument that a lot of it's like Kyrie. It gets you talking, but like, what are you actually getting? What's the meat? What's the meat and potatoes of what you're getting from the guy? That's that's the part that I think he's not uh, delivering on. Mail. Ryan writes us and said uh, he wanted my Marcus Smart thoughts, or maybe they're his. Just saw your IG post on Smart. Reflexively, I'm so bummed that he's gone. I'm not sure that it isn't the best basketball move, though. I think you should check out Chad Finn's take on the whole thing. He's really good at putting it all into perspective. Um, thanks, Ryan, for sending that. And I, I will go check that out. I'm going to click this link that you sent right now. Thank you. Um. It hurt, man. It just hurt. I love I love Marcus Smart. It may have been the best basketball move, but there are certain players, there are certain players that fan bases just are in love with. And Marcus is just that guy. Like he's Marcus Smart is the rare case. If you were to ask a, a, a quote Celtics fan, who's your favorite Celtic? He's the rare case of there was a right answer. The right answer <laughs> was Marcus Smart. He is your favorite player. If you are a true fan, he's your favorite player. Yeah, of course, Tatum's the best player, but Marcus Smart is your favorite player. He's That's just the dude he was. So it may end up being a great basketball decision, but I will tell you, SGG, yesterday I had that little kid. I had little kid pain. I was like, oh. <laughs> I hadn't felt that way in a long time. I was. I not think you weren't alone too. I think a lot of the fan base joined you in that. Oh yeah, everybody, everybody was bummed. Male. Allen writes us and says, "Pete SUG and Dip, you said on Tuesday's pod that Logan Paul doesn't need the briefcase. He is the briefcase. But I think you might be looking at this the wrong way. We fans think of the briefcase as a great opportunity for someone, but if WWE doesn't have any plans for that person to cash in, then it can become a nuisance. See Austin Theory last year." With WWE doing more long-term booking in the Triple H era, if they plan on Seth holding his title for a while and Roman obviously holding on to his, then the briefcase could be a storytelling distraction for Damian, LA Knight, etc. That's why Logan Paul is the obvious choice to win. He can win and then go away for four to six months. Everyone forgets about the briefcase and then he can pop up at the Royal Rumble wherever and steal the title from Seth or whoever to set up a WrestleMania match, etc., etc. Anyways, love the show. Keep up the good work, Alan. Interesting thought. It makes sense too. I do. It that does. is an interesting point. I will say, I do like the idea of the briefcase going away for a while. 
because it does start to saddle people, especially because the way it operates has become a thing of you have it constantly. You always have it. And And people always tease that looming threat of like every week I'm going to be on both shows and I'm going to be staring over the champion. Let them know that the briefcase can be cashed in at any time. It, it, yeah, and, and and I see it can be a bit of a um, weight, if if you will. Yeah, I will say this. I don't think Seth. I hate to say, it, I don't know how long Seth is going to have this championship. I don't see him hitting the uh, the one year mark or like even having an extended run like Roman does. Because wasn't that the point of this championship to like juxtapose it with what's happening on SmackDown with the the long reigns and the big gaps between defenses and like. This was the t- this was the land of opportunity, right? This he's he's defending it way too much to even keep it that long because when you go in that much that fast, somebody's going to get you. Fair point. I don't think that the plan is for Seth to be a forever champion or anything. And frankly, I don't think I'd really want that. I, I don't need two of those simultaneously. Make it three right. with Gunther. Right. I don't know that I need everyone holding the title forever. Um, you know. SGG, of course, wants Roman to have the title until he's a cast member of Golden Girls. That, does that sound, now? Think about what you just said. Listen to what you just said. Okay. Does that not sound amazing? A Golden Girls reboot with Roman? Right. And he walks in with all seven of his championships. Just NBC. Book it. You know you want to. Oh, uh, by the way, it's NBC too. It makes perfect. It is NBC. Perfect sense. That you you run the new edition of Golden Girls right into a Saturday night's main event. God, I need Saturday Night's Main Event to come back. Yeah. I would love one more run of Saturday Night's Main Event. I don't know. I wonder why that's been a thing that's been scrapped over the last, what? I mean, man, it must have been 10, it must have been 13, 14 years since the Saturday Night's Main Event. Yeah, it's been a while. Because I think the last one that I remember was what? It might, be, it might have been more than 13, 14 years. Because they I do bet one in 2005. I bet my, here, I'm looking right now. My guess is 09. Oh eight. Oh eight. Was that the one with um Evander Holyfield and MVP and all yep. that? Yep. Yeah. That was the last one, right? Um that was the last let me check specifically. Uh, no, 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 I take it back. Because I was at that one. And I believe that one was in two thousand seven with MVP and uh uh Evander Holyfield. That was at the Garden. And in July two thousand eight, there was one in DC. With Edge versus Jeff Hardy. Mm. Kali versus Jimmy Jimmy Wang Yang. Oh, that's a big one. Um, I have a lot in my memory bank. I don't remember that one. You but don't it, remember it, Kali versus Jimmy Wang Yang? I do not. I do not. I remember liking Jimmy Wang Yang, though, too. I remember he was fun. Uh, no, of course I remember Jimmy Wang Yang. JWI, as I know him. Yeah, the legend. Hey, uh, the, the legend indeed. Male. Uh, William writes us, weddings and wrestling, he says. Greetings from a longtime listener all the way back to the Rosenberg Shoemaker days and another victim of the cheap heat to Wanette pipeline. Oh, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> I love people who, who have done the pipeline. He says, wanted to drop an email to say congratulations, Peter and Natalie, on the upcoming wedding. Wishing you all the best and looking forward to hearing all about it. I've enjoyed and related to your stories of the joys and pains of wedding planning. It will be worth it when the day arrives. 
I'm wondering if you guys have any wrestling themed elements planned for the wedding. I got married last September, convinced my wife to let us get a custom championship title to wear for our reception. And we entered uh, the reception, the street profits theme music pick below. So uh, funny. You should, that that's a, that's very funny that he should bring that up. Um, I can't reveal what elements there could be at the wedding. I would say don't expect very much, but I would say it's funny because Natalie's friend made the street profits theme song and he will be at the wedding. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so that it shouts to Jay Frost, um, who did the street profits theme. Who's the rapper on it. Um, he will be there, but I, I don't anticipate that we'll be coming out with red cups or titles or anything like that. Will there be red cups at all? I would say no. No red cups. I would my my thought is this venue is not a super red cuppy. That is true. It's not a super red cuppy type of thing. Male. Uh Eric writes us forbidden door or forbidden snore. He said, I'm not an AEW guy. I'm not a WWE guy. I'm just a wrestling guy. I was feeling something for Forbidden Door after the Omega Spray, Brian Okada, MJF Tanahashi matches were announced. In fact, I was planning to order Sunday night, perch on the couch and order a mediocre pizza. However, after whatever happened on Dynamite on Wednesday, my interest has almost evaporated. I don't understand the leaps that TK takes in assuming non-NJPW fans uh, to know who all these guys are and who their allegiances are. I envision Forbidden Door being a showcase of dream matchups that are AW versus NJPW. Instead, we get a watered-down elite versus BCC match with random dudes plugged into each team. What is the alliance between Suzuki and Jericho? Once the rest of the card was announced, it felt like a big nothing burger. What are your honest teas? Enjoy yourself, E. Um, I like Now I feel like I'm in an awkward position because I feel like We've we've really now entered the waters recently of being overly critical, but yeah, I don't like Forbidden Door. For, Forbidden Door was never for me though, so it was. It, it was. Forbidden Door is not designed for me. No, I was not super impressed with what they came up with. I will say something I was impressed by from Dynamite though that we didn't talk about. I am a sucker for an old school MJF and Adam Cole being forced to be a tag team together. I <laughs> that is a way to make me interested. I, I I could very much like somehow I always get tricked into believing that it's going to work. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Right. The bar became a top tier tag team uh, for their time. Right. Uh, Seamus and Cesaro after what that best of seven series. So like I, I loved I loved MVP Matt Hardy. Yeah, it works. Sometimes it works. I, I don't know how you felt, but I thought in a in a, in a tag team in a, in a match that I don't I wasn't feeling what they were saying to get there. It gave me a little something to 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 gnaw on. Well, that's why they do it, right? Because it works. You you play the hits. Um, <laughs> you just got to play the hits sometimes with with these wrestling fans. And then as far as Forbidden Door, I think he was right that it it should be like a showcase of dream matches, and then you just announce the card ahead of time, and then build it after everybody knows what the matches are going to be because you can't really do a traditional build with these people that a lot of the audience might not know. And then the audience that you're trying to hook definitely doesn't know. You know what I mean? You you give the card ahead of time or you let people challenge ahead of time. Then you spend the time telling us why these people that you might not be familiar with because they're in a completely different promotion are awesome instead of just saying like, 
these people are cool. Do your own Googles. I got to tell you, Brian Mann is such an underrated, uh, quote, wrestling mind, as people like to say. He always hits me with a booking idea that I think is awesome. And the other day he was telling me, I won't get into the specifics. I don't want to. I think someone should actually use this idea. But he was telling me how he thinks the real money to make the MJF uh, title reign turn into something is with him and Eddie Kingston. And I, I, I thought he made a fantastic, the, the, the story that he told, mwah, I was like, wow, Eddie Kingston's really interesting, man. The second you see him standing there with a the mic in his hand, you're compelled. He, he just, it just, I mean, he, the man looks like shit, but he sounds mwah, magnifique. He's really, he, what a talent that dude is. I really think there could be a New York, New York beef SGG. That could be awesome. <laughs> the rich, the rich New York kid who's got no business being there versus the grind it out for 25 years. Nasty old vet. Oh, come on, man. That's that's something. Listen, that's something. I don't know the specifics or the details. But just right off the bat, you have something. And that's like, uh, like you said, another built in rivalry that you could just lean on and bounce off of to tell a, tell a great story. Um, yeah, I think it could be, that could be something. Mail. Michael, end of the judgment day as we know it. So what's up, fellas? I'll keep it short and sweet. The bloodline isn't the only faction coming to an end. We are seeing the judgment day splinter week by week. The tension with Finn and Priest is subtle now, but by money in the bank, will be on full display. I think Finn will beat Seth for the title. And then it could go one of two ways. Either Priest wins the match outright and they can tease the match throughout the summer. Um, or a combo of Finn and Dom cost Priest the match. I assume he means the briefcase. Ultimately leaving him the odd man out of the judgment day. Either way, it gives Raw something bloodline adjacent that can tell a story week by week. Yo, by the way, I used to always get just an everything bagel, not even knowing that the WWE undisputed universal championship equivalent of bagels existed. <laughs> the egg everything is something I never knew I needed and now can't live without. I love wrestling. Wrestling is great. Stay mage, Mike. Thank you, Mike. You know who told me something similar about the egg everything before we get to the substance of his email? Eve. Mm. Black announce table. He had one yesterday with scallion crunch, cream cheese. Uh, they gave uh, it to e him by mistake. Oh, by mistake? Yeah, he ordered an egg with uh, scallion cream cheese. They gave him an egg everything with scallion cream cheese. He said it was... Mwah. Wait, but hold on, but... And did he told you that because he listens, he hears it on the podcast? Oh yeah, yeah, he hears it on the podcast. He knows that this bit heavy bagel talk goes then, on, then, on the podcast. But, but then, but my, I appreciate that, Eve. But my question is, why hadn't you already tried it, man? Like, <laughs> like, bro, I'm sitting here putting you on game. We're we're not we're not lying. Uh, listen, if dip gas is something and it's illegitimate, I'm the first person to call him out. But the egg everything is not nah, the egg. Everything's where it's at. Um, I do enjoy just a straight egg, though. So I'm, I'm with him in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Brian, man, when he came over the other day, you know, he works on hot ones. He brought me a hot sauce. He brought me an everything bagel hot sauce. What? Yeah. Got to try that. Oh, I you know, I didn't even tell Natalie that's in the. Oh, I forgot. Let me let me tell her right now. Hold on. Let's... And everything bagel hot. Did you do like a did you try? You didn't try it at all, right? He was just like, hold this. I, one, I haven't tried put it. Put it in the stash. And he hasn't tried. It's just in this. It's in the. If she doesn't hit us with her, her, her catchphrase, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah, she may not either know the, we're live, but... Either the opener or the closer, I'm going to be very disappointed. 
What if she just completely ghosts the call? If we don't get a see you soon, I'm going to be more disappointed if she ghosts. But if we don't get a see you soon, I'm going to be see sad. See you soon. The, the t-shirt. <laughs> the one side of the t-shirt that says, did you miss me? Yeah. And the second side that says, see you soon. If Yo, I popped very big when she decided see you soon was her catchphrase. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, that's not a catchphrase. First of all, it, no disrespect, but I feel like it's everyone's catchphrase when they just start out to <laughs> see you real soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like a TV catchphrase, you <laughs> yeah. mean. Like when you're wrapping yeah. up the... Yeah. Um, Did the Mickey Mouse Club close out with see you real soon, too? Probably. I never watched it. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Um, all right. Hey, Peter. Uh, and, and, and yeah, so, so the, um, judgment day thing. Yeah. I think we could be close to end of days with the judgment day. Mail. Hey, Peter, I get the sense uh, that you're feeling down on social media lately, which is understandable. I personally don't have any social media accounts. and I'm quite happy about it. I guess my question is why do you have any social accounts if it causes so much trouble? I'm so happy to be on the discord you set up because it gives me a safe outlet to chat and connect with people. Why not delete everything and stick with the discord for at least the summer? Good luck on the wedding. And I wish you and Natalie a lifetime of happiness. Um, you know what? It's it's really true. I do not know what I'm doing on Twitter anymore. Like I, I've I've actually fully entered. I don't know how you feel because you're involved in like the wrestling part of it. I'm not even in on wrestling Twitter in a real way. If I post anything about wrestling, I just get basically roasted for it, and like that's it. Listen, same, same with most everyone. So you are a part. <laughs> if that makes you feel like an outsider, I'm here to tell you that is the experience. Yeah, I mean, okay, so that's that's basically what it is. So I don't know why I get no real joy from Twitter at all. I told you my Juneteenth experience the other day, which was a perfect synopsis of how social media generally works. Like, no good deed goes unpunished by everybody humanly possible. <laughs> right. So, I, to the, you know what? I may just take a Twitter break. The hard part is, during the K-Show, I get sucked into it because you have four hours of talk and it can feed you information and thoughts like getting hate on an, an opinion you give can feed your brain and like give you more to say. So I, I it's a crutch. Honestly, the social is a crutch. Instagram, I actually do not have a terribly negative relationship with right now. I don't get really negative stuff on Instagram. The only thing that's negative about Instagram for me is like sort of the, you know, hating on other people's stuff or feeling jealousy and things like that. But I don't get actual hate either. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. 
So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Um, I don't know what part of the world this man is in right now, but I will tell you where I am right now. And that is in my childhood bedroom in the great state of Maryland, the birth state, I believe, of our guest at this time, even though he's from a, a totally different part of Maryland that I may have never even set foot in called Hagerstown. Uh, L.A. Knight is joining GP. What's up, dude? How are you? Oh, man, I'm here. That's all I can tell you at this point. It's been a hell of a morning already. Uh, but uh, here we are. Well, you've been you've had a hell of a week, right? You're getting thrown I feel like I randomly hit up Greg and was like, hey, can we get L.A. on the show? And I feel like then I looked around and coincidentally, I'm not the only person who is uh, seeking your time this week. It seems as if everyone's trying to get a piece of L.A. night uh, this week, last week, next week, uh, probably a bunch of weeks going forward. Who knows at this point? But uh, <laughs> apparently a lot of people want to talk to me now. So I got to st- I got to say, man, I-, I really just was like uh, going through and rereading your entire story. Uh, man, listen, we can all get excited about what's happening with you being in Money in the Bank next week at, at O2 in, in England and, and how cool it is to be in London and how awesome this opportunity is. But the part that just blows me away, dude, this this has been a work in progress for so long with so many ups and downs, dude, like really getting after this for a full 20 years as a professional. How are you able to like, take in this step that you're at right now? Does it just feel like another step in the ever sort of growing journey of LA night? Man, you know, that's, uh, that's a conversation I have at home uh, way too often is that I don't really take the time a lot of times to kind of appreciate, uh, I guess where I've gotten to and where I'm going um, just because I am so used to getting, um, getting told no, I'm so used to being, uh, kind of shut out that I don't really, I don't really sell these things too much. I don't really get too overly hyped about them. Like I might get a little excited on the inside, but you'll never see it. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm just kind of whatever, whatever story you've seen, read, heard, guarantee it's only the surface. Uh, it, it was, you mean it was worse. It was hard. The, the, the failures, the bad times were, were worse than can even show up on a Wikipedia page. Dude, there, there, there's been a lot. Uh, I, I've, I've spent plenty of nights sleeping in a car. Uh, I, I've spent times where I didn't have a car, uh, eviction notices, all that stuff, all in the name of trying to get to where I am now. Uh, and, and even where I am now, I'm not satisfied and I still need to continue moving forward. So um, there's, there's a lot of pressure that I put on myself. Uh, and, and we don't need to go into, you know, uh, Freud's couch or anything to, to, to dig into that. But 
there's just a, there, there's a hell of a lot of uh, uh, pressure. There's not a lot of time to celebrate maybe. I mean, I try to have my fun when I can, but at the same time, there's never a time where I'm really relaxed and just like, ah, I can, I can sit back now. Right. Right. Well, and, and here, here's the, I, I totally get that. And we've talked about that recently in talking about like, you know, it, it's sort of being time to push the button on you, so to speak, because obviously the crowd is feeling it and has been feeling it. And as we just talked about, I mean, listen, you're just a couple years younger than me. Like it's, it's time to, it's time to get after this thing. Um, and you've had a, a, a long road getting there. The part that really blew me away, dude, that I was like, how did he, and I, and I, I'd certainly appreciate and understand the long road and setbacks. I've been there myself. I've had my share of brutal firings and thinking it was over and not hearing back from anyone. But when you made it to WWE the first time and then got clipped and then just went right back to the indie scene, worked your way to TNA, was there any slowdown in you at all that was just like, hey, maybe this part of my dream of ending up at WWE is just not going to happen? Um, at that point, it just kind of went into... <clears throat> there was no slowdown in the sense of like, I, I was never going to do anything different. At that point, it was just like, all right, well, I'm going to find a way to make money in this business and uh, and we'll go from there. But but the other thing was w- w- when I got cut the first time, it, it was made very clear to me that it was not a talent issue. The issue was that uh, there was a perception issue about me and the way that I carried myself and things of that nature. So apparently I had a little bit of heat. Um, and, uh, I, so I, I had left with heat and it was, it was said to me that, you know, in order for that stigma to go away, you have to go away for a while. So we can maybe bring you back in six months, nine months, a year. These are exact words that were told to me while I was being released. So I I always knew that there was a possibility for me. And I found that out only almost exactly a year later that there was the possibility for me to come back because that's when I started having talks with them again. But at the time for the immediate money, there was more money available for me where I was. And of course, that 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 six months a year turned into much longer and you got to go to TNA and do some really cool stuff. How beneficial was that? You know, we don't spend a lot of time talking TNA on this show, but it does occupy a really interesting and important space in the business for people who are either on their way, on the way down, just want to stay there and have a schedule that's set. Uh, what was the role that TNA and Impact played in your life? Well, I mean, it was pretty big because, I mean, you consider here, uh, <laughs> at that point, the biggest exposure I'd had was, you know, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood or something. Uh, or, or maybe, you know, what, I, I think I was on like the 200th episode of NXT as a lumberjack, you know, nameless, whatever. Uh, so at, at that point, it's like, all right, well, now I've at least got some level of a platform to be on. I'm making money. I don't have to work some other job. Uh, while I'm doing this. So I, I, I'm able to live, do what I want to do. And at the same time, for me, my thought was always, <laughs> first of all, my thought was nobody's watching the show because that was a damn truth. But <laughs> on top of that, in my head, I'm just thinking to myself, all right, maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a slight chance that somebody at WWE might be watching this. And so in my head, it was always, I'm going to work like I'm in WWE, or at least to the best of my ability, or I'm going to work at least like they're watching me. So there was never again, there was never a time for me to slack off, back off, take it easy, none of that stuff. Because for me, it was like, I'm going to do my damnedest to stand out amongst everybody and keep doing what I know I have to give to this industry. 
problem is I've probably given too much to this industry at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that transition like back when you went back to WWE? Was there like, was there any talk of the heat that you had or was it, was it like all water under the bridge? Good no, question. because that, at that point, um, uh, yeah, th- th- there was a little bit of a discussion on the way in, but it kind of got squashed quickly. Um, just because I think that we, we kind of met at the same level. Um, but when I came in, I kind of made extra sure to just be like, Hey, look, whatever we had in the past, like, and how, how can we get, how can we get past that? I guess basically is what I'm saying. But, um, it, it was made very clear to me that that wasn't even an issue. Like, it was just like, look, that was the past. This is now. Let's do what we're doing now. And there hasn't really been <laughs> anything to uh, report on since. So so then things obviously go really well at NXT and and the buzz is created. You have uh, big moments there and pretty quick, relatively quickly compared to others, get up to uh, TV. Well, everything's TV now, but you get the idea. And then you end up as Max Dupree. And yeah. like, so like yet again, You've now had all these ups and downs. You've built the LA Knight character. It's clearly a thing that uh, uh, at least NXT fans were into. And now yeah. you fi- and now you find out you're going to be doing this model bit. Did you look at this as a possible like setback or like what the hell or were you just excited to be at the big time and and try to make it work? Well, there's a little both. Uh I mean, let, let's be honest. When, when when you get pulled up to the main roster, there's a nice little pay bump. Can't say I don't appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Damn right. At, at the same time, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of the, there's a lot of frustration in just knowing, like, man, I, I I was I was red hot to to at the end of that that NXT run. Um, so you know, people were just honestly, just like the crowd is now, people were on top of my stuff. They were saying my stuff, doing everything, whatever. So I'm like, okay, if I can take this up to the main roster, we got something good to go. And then there was that, and I'm just like, this this feels like a step backwards. I was like, but I'll make it work. Uh, and, and and that's kind of just the the name of the game in this. But I'll say that that was definitely not for me in my mind. I, I don't I don't think uh, I don't think that was made for me. Uh, I I could think of a couple other options that would have been way better, but that's not my call. So. I don't want to get away from this too quickly, though, because I, I think I cheated a little bit. I did read an article where you had said that, you know, the Max Dupree character wasn't really your your cup of tea. But in transitioning back to the L.A. Knight character, was there anything from that time at Max Dupree that you sort of pulled from and used to to help evolve the L.A. Knight character and get it to go to the next level? I'd love to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. that, was, that was a perfect answer. That was a perfect answer. You'd love to say yes. Yeah. Um, there, there has been, uh, obviously these days has been a ton of positive energy and buzz around you and real excitement starting specifically with live crowds. We started getting emails from people saying, hold on, I got to cut you off right there. Now I gotta, uh, I gotta, I gotta, Go ahead. I gotta commend you on your, on your change of position. Cause I think I just, somebody just sent me a video a couple days ago where you were like, he's reportedly over. I said, reportedly. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I said, haven't. I said, I said, what's reportedly? Can you just, you either watch the show or you don't. So either he is or he isn't. What do you mean reportedly? Well, well, well hold on. on. Hold on, Ellen. Let me respond to that. I appreciate no, that. Any, please. Go ahead. Any, anything I say when my when a guest isn't here, I always am uh, responsible for. 
Listen, I said the same thing about Dom's booze because I just haven't been in the building in a long time with all these yeah. damn international PLEs. So I just haven't been in a building in a while. So that's what I mean by reportedly. And I said the same thing. I thought I was like, are Dom's booze getting piped in? And then people said, no, 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 I've never heard booze like this. Um, so, yes, the word on the street is, and it does appear that way on television. Word on, the street. Knight, word on the street is LA Knight's over like Rover. Um, and with that also has come the conversation. We've had some of it here about the comparisons to the greats who came before you, Stone Cold and The Rock. There was a little back and forth that happened uh, recently uh, with that and you being a, you know, whether or not you're a, quote, kind of derivative character who's gained things from other people. Obviously, I'm a hip hop head. So sampling is sort of part of the game to me in terms of developing character and art. I don't really exist without Funkmaster Flex and Howard Stern. Uh, how do you respond to that? Are you offended by the idea of it? Are you simply influenced by others? What What do you say to people who say that? Um, no. I, look, if if you want to make that comparison, cool. My, my aim is to be uh, bigger and better than either of them. I, I think I bring a very different uh, package to the table than they do. At the same time, are there little glimmers of similarity sure there are i mean i i guess you could go ahead and say there's there's kobe to jordan there's uh there's those kind of comparisons and stuff like that so if if you want to make me the kobe to their jordan sure why not i'll take it now if, if someone was to Great do that answer. who really was your jordan was it was it stone cold or the rock or was it someone else uh, i've talked to you before i know you were you're pretty old school with your you know even pre-attitude era interests as well yeah i mean there there's there's a four-way tie that in that whole okay. thing i mean Hogan started it all for me, and, and even even Hollywood and the NWO, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, him, Flair, Austin Rock, I could not pick a, I could not pick a top. But that is your, is that your, that is your Mount Rushmore? It's, yeah, I think it's so. Hogan, Flair, Austin Rock. Yep. With with honorable mention to like Jake, Undertaker, those guys, but but definitely those those are the four. You've gotten to have uh, moments already throughout your career with some legends, man. You've done stuff with Ted DiBiase at TNA. You had a match with Tommy Dreamer. You've had run-ins with this one and that one. Has there been what was the what was the most like childlike moment for you, where you were kind of like pinching yourself, like can't believe I'm sharing a ring with blank? Hmm. Uh, it's got to be the the million dollar championship. I mean, I, I when I was a kid, I had the the million dollar figure with the belt. Uh, I was probably seven years old at the time when I had the thing. So, um, to, to have, and it was not a replica, the actual, like the real deal. They had like security around this big case wow. that you'd open up and here's the, the one of one, the only belt. Um, now, you know, occasionally we'd pull out if we were going to do something a little more dangerous or a little something a little more reckless, then maybe we'd have a rec replica, but otherwise, Nine times out of ten, it was the official only one ever made with the diamonds in the back. Uh, real deal. So, I mean, something like that, man, I'm taking pictures and videos and all that stuff. So, yeah, that was cool. And yet, how did your relationship end with Ted DiBiase? Uh, hey, man, got to do what I got to do. <laughs> Were you, now, go ahead. SG. I, I want to jump in and talk to you about some of those catchphrases like how did some of that stuff come come about like the yeah and the, the let me talk to you and all of that because i feel like like you said the crowd is responding to that stuff because we we feel that like you you put out an energy and people match it every time let me talk to you kind of happened out of uh, an accident um it was in uh 2010 i was tagging with uh, brian cage at the time 
And uh, we were out in California and the interviewer, we, we, we do this show called Mach 1 Wrestling and it was always these Friday night shows and afterwards they'd have like little interview sessions and stuff that they put online. And in that, I felt like the interviewer was just interviewing Brian way too long. <laughs> and so finally when they brought that, <laughs> I said, let me talk to you. And I was just like, oh man, that might be a good little, that might be a good start. And uh, so I just started using it and eventually it's just kind of become a thing. Uh, yeah, kind of happened. Yeah. It was something I just started using walking around the performance center the first time around that I was there. Um, I don't remember the exact origin, but I think, I think I'm pretty sure what happened was like, uh, one of the coaches there would like be telling us something and I would always just kind of like, be like, you know how some people go, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he'd kind of like, he'd kind of push back on me and he's like, what? Yeah. Like, as though I was like being a smart ass or something. And so then I started leaning into it. And so then when he'd start saying stuff, I go, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like, uh, yeah. And, and so it just became a thing. And so uh, uh, people would always quote me at the performance center back then for whatever reason, don't know why randomly I would just go everybody. And now people started saying it back to me. And so when they'd start saying it back to me, as we're walking through the performance center, I didn't want to say it back to him. So I'd go, yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> fast forward now to TNA. I'm doing Fact of Life as the the the, the uh, little talk show I had. And we had the dummy button. And they put me in the studio and they were like, oh, just, just say dummy in different ways. And so I was like, dummy, dummy, dummy. And then one time I just went, dummy, yeah, just because. And they were like, that's so the reflex at said, that point. I said, okay, cool. And eventually I just kind of got away from the dummy part, kept the, yeah, and here we are. Wow. That it, it, it's, it's crazy how, how much like, you know, you, people do get so many complicated things. You worry about what they're wearing, elaborate gimmicks. And it's just a few words that really is. It's like that connect so much. It's wild. Who would guess? The main thing is, in my opinion, anyway, is not trying to crowbar something. Try and crowbar something. It's not going to be natural. It's not going to be real. It's not going to work. And and all this stuff has just been kind of either stuff that I've said in real life that's just kind of blended through or something that just kind of happened um, that I was just been like, oh, okay, yeah, that was cool. Let's keep that. As opposed to like, oh, well, let me think of this line and plug that. Is that why you think the LA Knight character resonates with the fans so much is because like we feel that we're getting something real. Like people show up to, for the illusion of wrestling, but hoping that they get some glimpses of reality. And do you think that that's what people are connecting with, that little bits of reality that you give us? Maybe there's a little bit of that, but I, I think there's also a little bit, you guys mentioned it, maybe a little bit of a throwback factor. I think that there's, I think a guy like me has been missing for a long time, personally. Um, uh, a guy who's just going to talk a lot of trash and then go out and do it. Uh, and and also probably just my psychopathic ability to, to believe everything I'm saying, um, th- that probably also adds to it. I, I don't, I'm not out there reciting lines. I'm not, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not memorizing stuff. I'm just going out there and I'm doing my thing. So when I can just flow and react and if something happens over here, I can talk about that. Okay. Th- th- then there's a more authentic vibe. So perfect. The, the perfect scenario plays out how, like, I mean, you now have been living this dream, man. I, I have to imagine there were many a nights when you were laying in bed picturing how this whole thing would play out. 
And here you now, here you are now, a whole grown ass man who's standing in the position to make all of these dreams happen. How does the LA Knight story play out? <laughs> uh, man, it's it's been such a damn stock chart in a sense where you know yeah. the stock never moves straight up or straight down. It's always this, no matter which way it's going. Um, you know, you, you mentioned laying in bed and kind of visualizing the stuff. I've never been very good at that. Uh, I've always been kind of a one step at a time kind of person. Hey, I want to do this tomorrow. I'd like to eventually get to this, but I can't really see it. I can't really see how to get there. So it's just kind of, I'll, 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 I'll cross the bridge when I get there. Um, so there's a lot of that. The optimum scenario, man, that's the crazy thing. You talk about, um, uh, go back to NXT and you talk about the million dollar championship or something like that. It's like, I didn't even know that was an option. So like to talk about optimum scenarios, I'm not even sure that I can say it because sometimes some of the optimum scenarios haven't even presented themselves yet. So I don't Mm -hmm. really know. Now, what would I like to be? I want to be the guy who's at the top of this deal. I want to be the guy who is running around with that universal championship, the world heavyweight championship, whatever it is, to the point where people are like, all right, that's the guy. All right, that's the guy who also now we're going to consider, is he one of the best of all time? I don't know. And maybe that's ambitious. And people look at me and be like, oh, this guy's out of his mind. He thinks he's got that good. Yeah, I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this. Um, so everybody might not agree with that. And that's cool. That's fine. I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Uh, but at some point you're going to have to drink up. Uh, and here's the deal. Um, at the end of this, my whole aim is when they talk about Austin, Brock, Hogan, Flair, Cena, Undertaker, I want my name to be out there. Yeah. It's a hell. A hell uh, yeah, that's right. It's a hell of a goal to have. And it, uh, uh, certainly a big step could be taken, uh, next Saturday in London, England. Um, dude, thanks for making some time for us. I wanted to get, I mean, we hope to have you on down the road, but in this moment, cause it really feels like you're sort of in the throes of the moment. And obviously a lot of people are putting their money on you to, to get that briefcase. I was like, we got to get a conversation yeah. right now. So, so thanks for making some time for us. Yeah. I, thanks I, for I coming on. Man. Time zone I'm in next time, but, uh, what, uh, what part of Maryland are you in? I'm in Chevy Chase, Maryland, as we speak. Oh, okay. I know Chevy Chase. That's like close to DC, right? That's right. You're, you're from Hagerstown. Uh, yeah, which is, yeah. What, that's what, out what? the sticks. You ain't ever been out there. No, yeah, Hagerstown. <laughs> what county is Hagerstown again? Washington. Washington. SUG, Washington County. I got only. I, I haven't heard county, of Washington County. Even know. I haven't heard of Hagerstown. In Montgomery <laughs> County, we don't even know what Washington County you is. You don't even out. know that exists out there. <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> listen I'm, I'm not, not from know, Maryland, so I wasn't supposed to know. P was supposed to know all of this. <laughs> <laughs> when did you but, when but, did you leave when did you leave Maryland? Uh bitch. 2003. That's when I moved to Ohio and started wrestling. Uh, so you didn't do MCW, you didn't do MCW at all. No, no. I, you know, the crazy thing is I've almost, I don't think I've ever wrestled in Maryland, uh, that I can think of, um, probably almost never, which is crazy. Uh, cause everything started in the Midwest and then I made my way out to LA and I was out there for 10 years. So, and there hasn't been a, there hasn't been a TV in Baltimore yet. Not, not for SmackDown anyway. I, I think yeah. Raw is either going there soon or they were just there recently. I can't. But I remember I was just like, man, I want to go there because the Baltimore Arena, which I think they maybe retooled it, renamed they, they it, renamed it, they renamed it, retooled it a bit. Yeah, that is that is the the arena that I've seen the most shows growing up. Was it the Baltimore? Mm-hmm. Arena? I mean, a little bit at the whatever the what's it called, Capital One Cap- Center now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, U.S. Air Arena probably doesn't even exist anymore. Landover, Maryland. No, no, cap. That was the yeah, the Capital Center, and then 
uh, U.S. Arena. That was that was when I first went. I mean, I Hurst, saw Park Arena. I did one or two, but but Baltimore Arena was the one. I, I mean, I saw Raws. I saw Super Bras. I saw a bunch of stuff in Baltimore Arena. Yeah, Baltimore cool. Arena is so cool too because it got all the WCW Crockett stuff and it got WWF because it it's was, right it there out. at that border. Like people. People from uh, Atlanta yeah. came up. People from Connecticut came down. Oh yeah, it was. It, it's maybe Baltimore, DC, Baltimore, maybe the ultimate market that caught both completely. It was all yeah. wrapped up. Right um, here. Yeah, um, underratedly um, so too, because WWE started out of DC. Like it's associated right. with New York, but I'm, I'm looking yeah, to right. come home and and hit those uh, hit those familiar spots. Actually, I tell you what, this year DC was one of the first crowds to give me that that big major pop for the first time. Actually, really March. And I was surprised. It was the first one that caught me off guard where I was like, do they know I'm from from around here? Is that why? But then the next week we went to Pittsburgh and the next week we went to New York and it just continued from there. And I was you like, said, oh, right, it's just it's just happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And who knows? Maybe you could show up in Baltimore on the road with that briefcase just to remind <laughs> That's people. That's exactly right. What time it is, man. Um, con- dude, congrats on all this. Seriously, it's an inspirational story. I, I loved I loved hearing it. And uh, everyone's rooting for you, dude. So good luck. Yeah. Thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate you guys. All right, there he is, L.A. Knight. That's, you, yeah. that's how you, that's how you yeah. do it on a Friday. That is how you do it on a Friday. That's the way to kick off a weekend right there. That's exactly how you kick off a weekend. Well, um, happy weekend, boys. Yeah, that's right. And with that, we're going to the weekend, everyone. Stay mage, and we'll catch you on it's Tuesday. professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce, in the corner to my left, the majesty. like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together also ladies and gentlemen at this time i would like to introduce shout out to that guy Greg. red heart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form m-m-m-m-mage.